We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We are live. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast, Week 16, Christmas Edition. I am your host, Chris Kirkwood, screen name Kirk Dees, with my main man, the head honcho over at Occupy Fantasy. Uh, I know he's in the holiday spirit today, but uh, Brian Jester at Court Jesters, or screen name Court Jesters at, I don't even know what your Twitter is, I always forget, (laughs) but you can find him pretty easily. Uh, anyways, it's my boy. He's here. We're here to break down week 16. What's going on <laughs> at Brian Jester FF. If you're so inclined, uh, what's up, Chris, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there listening. We've got a two game slate on Saturday on Christmas, so you can ignore your family some. And then we got the full slate on Sunday with a lot of big contests. So, uh, I'm pumped for it. I'm ready to, to talk through the slate. Yep. Uh, as you know, the show is presented by Yahoo. Um, Yahoo is just ridiculous. They have Christmas presents for all of us too this week. So we, we've got the nice two gamer, but really what, where they shine this week on Sunday is, um, they are offering, uh, two huge overlay contests. So one at every week, it's the million dollar baller where it's a guaranteed overlay, 200 K overlay. They lose 25% of the, the management fees So they are literally losing um, $200,000 on this concept, on this contest, if not more, if it doesn't fill, um, it's got a great, uh, 
structure, great payout structure with uh, 100K to first um, and uh, good structure all the way down. But then they offer this $1, everyone wins, jingle baller, 100K to first for a dollar. They are losing 900% management fee on this one. Is that good? Um, yeah, I think that's good. I, did, I I'm not a math guy, but uh, it sounds pretty good. I am a math guy, actually. But uh, anyways, uh, the thing I hate, the thing I wish, I wish we could max enter this puppy. You know, like, know. but it's only it's a it's a single entry. But literally, there's can there's a million dollar prize pool, and the most if everybody if they fill it, there'll be a hundred thousand entries of one dollar each per person, hundred k to first. So you can literally put a buck in deposit they have a new d d deposit code um I don't, I don't know if we have a new rotor grinders one because we've always been grinders 25 right but they're, they're doing a hundred dollar uh deposit bonus now so they've, they've increased it so i don't know um and i'm sorry i should know that but anyways you're already playing over there if you're listening to this but if you're not jump in this even if you're just you just came upon this podcast and you just want to throw a couple bucks in for fun or it's not big uh on christmas you know get away from the family uh you know, that, that's going to be hounding you all, all weekend. Um, so one buck, you could win 100K. You're going to win your money back anyway, at least. And then uh, and then jump in the million-dollar baller, too. So Yahoo's doing it right. Plus, their single games have been fire for me this season. I can't remember the last time I lost one. So that's a, that's a little bit of a brag here. Unfortunately, last night I was duped uh, with everybody. So, uh, But it was still nice. So uh, I love these single game contests. So jump in there. Uh, hit me up on RG Discord if you want to talk strategy uh, for the single games and whatnot. And uh, also check out Occupy Fantasy because they do their Yahoo bankroll builder, which has been moving all season long. And they also have a lot of great content and showdown specific um, stuff because I know Brian, that's where he really shines too, has, uh, has had some huge wins. But anyway, we're here to talk week 16. Uh, let's get after it. We've got 11 games. The things that. Um, stand out to me is again it's just kind of just a, ugh, a mess slate where it's just it's not very exciting we don't have any 50 plus point totals that we had throughout most of the season that it, you know and also one thing i've noticed I've, I've been dabbling a little bit in betting here and there it's like just bet every nfl under yeah lately dude. right because the because covid is killing their practice schedules uh also killing their rosters available people uh, coaches seem to be playing more uh you know, by the book and a little more conservatively, like even like la like last night, Brable and like uh, was just running on like second and eighteen, and yeah, like, if and you then, get a lead, you sit on it. It's crazy. it with like four, fourth and one, fourth and two, when it was like basically at midfield, and uh, um, and Shanahan was the same way. They were both, so it was like who who could who could be softer? You know, who could play more conservative last night? Um, so and and I think that's a common theme around the league too. And I like you know, so I think like it is. I'm I'm thinking just keep pounding these unders until proven otherwise. Um, but anyways, uh, so the the highest total is the Rams at the Vikings. Rams are three and a half point favorites, forty eight and a half point total. Um, we big news in that game is that uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, hit the COVID list, right? And so uh, looks like he'll be out. So Alexander Madison, uh, chalk again, and it seems to uh, been working out great so far this season. Uh, you know, you know he's going to be cheap on Yahoo. Um, so you got that. Uh, then the next game is Chargers minus ten and a half at the Texans. 
46 point total. Big news there. The the charger looks like Austin Eckler COVID looks like he's going to be out. He's telling people on his podcast to pick up Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson is 12 bucks on Yahoo uh, this week playing the Texans. Uh, I would roster head chopper against the Texans at running back. Um, and uh Texans on the other side, though, uh, Brandon, COVID, I mean, Brandon Cooks hit the COVID list, too. So, I mean, COVID is just rampant, rain, running through all these teams. Um, then other from there, we've got, like, the Ravens at the Bengals. We don't know if Lamar's going to play. It's looking like he's not, but uh, he still could. Uh, and that game has a 45-point total. The Steelers at the Chiefs. Chiefs are eight-and-a-half favorites, 45-point total. Uh, Chiefs are the new team. They really get decimated by COVID. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey both on the the, the COVID list. Um, I guess there's a chance that they can still play. I think they have about 24 hours to test negative. Um, but uh, as we were talking before the show, Brian told me that you know they it looked it's not only is the line indicative of them not playing, but uh, they're they're already you know moving moving a game plan like they aren't going to be playing this week. So they're preparing for the worst. And it's looking like that's going to happen, but we'll see how it all shakes out. So stay, you know, pay attention to the news. Um, how's the slate looking to you? Uh, yeah, pretty gross, right? And I think we, we have the three value running backs, which we'll talk about. And then we have the one game that everyone and their mom's going to stack with the Rams and the Vikings. So there's a lot of, I think a lot of lineups are going to end up looking similarly. And that's on Yahoo and that's on FanDuel and DraftKings as well. So, you know, I think there's a lot of places to get different. And even like last week over on Fandle, we saw Devontae Adams get up to 50%. Like it wouldn't surprise me to see Cooper Cup get it above that range or even higher on all three sites just because of what the value allows you to do. So it's a really interesting game theory slate because a lot of the good plays are really obvious. It's just you have to think about how they can fail and, and what that means if they do fail. So, okay, Cooper Cup is $41 um, last week. And I, and I know I said a... a um, a couple weeks ago, I think I said, you know, um, Kittle could fail and he was $33. Like that was big. He didn't fail. But like you did see last night, he did right. fail. Right. Like uh, he had a, uh, a, a massive floor game. Um, and uh, these when these guys are high priced like this, you know, they don't have to go. There's there's such risk of ruin with them. Right. Like so everyone's going to be playing a chalky Cooper Cup, which we were like, oh, when he was $27, when he was $30, when he was $32 and he was breaking slate after slate after slate. And he started off slow in this last Seahawks game. He got there like he usually does, but that doesn't have to always happen. Uh, he's 20, he, you know, he's probably going to be 30 to 50% on like depending he's like projected and projected ownership, like 30% around a lot of places right now. You know, he's going to creep up because people are just going to it's just too easy with all this running back value that keeps going. So it could be anywhere from 30 to 50 percent. He's forty one dollars. He doesn't score some touchdowns if he um, if this game turns into more of a running game, which is very possible. There's a lot of ways that this could ruin your lineup. So I, I'm with you there. I think it's pretty interesting on what we how we attack him. And, and we'll get into that. Um, so that that's going to be a key decision. The running backs are seen like the easy, you know, the easy, good chalk, but, you know, maybe getting different there and, and uh, catching some ceiling games from some other guys could be a, a path to victory this week. But let's uh, let's start it off at QB. We'll talk about our value plays and our favorite main plays. Um, right off the bat, I looked at value and there wasn't much I liked. 
you know, it's been the theme for the last couple of weeks going that we've, we've been been at this spot, but I did write one down. Uh, the first one would be Justin Fields for me at 23 bucks. If he plays, which I think he will play, um, but he didn't practice on Thursday. So there is some concern there. Um, he, uh, somehow I ended up, <laughs> that was one of the showdown slates I think to, uh, on that, where they called that a touchdown of the last play. Dude, um, I don't even want I to hear about for, that play. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That that helped me. That was another. I mean, I was just just running pure right there, because um, that that uh that, that took it home for me. And there, the guy who had it uh, had a solo ship for twenty five k, and he went down to like uh like I think it was like seven hundred bucks or five hundred bucks or something. I feel or like maybe I- even less. <laughs> uh, yeah, on that one call. Um, anyways, uh. He's running, which he's a little bit more, seven rushing attempts, only 35 yards, but the danger is there. Um, He also threw 39 pass attempts. He's looking a little more comfortable. He's not the greatest uh, passing talent that the league's ever seen, but he does have his connection with uh, Mooney. Um, This is uh, Minnesota is a defense that's been pretty exploitable um, so far. So um, I I can get behind that. I'm gonna. I always say this guy, and he sucks, and I don't know why I mention him. But Matt Ryan is sitting there at twenty-five dollars, and really, it's just about a matchup with Detroit. Um, now, if this game breaks right, if uh, Detroit doesn't shock, shockingly, you know, win this week, like and just crush, roll, roll over uh, the Falcons like they uh, they did last week, um, then uh, this game could be interesting. This game could also be terrible, right? Uh, Jared Goff is now going to be out. Uh, I don't know who they're running at quarterback, but I guarantee you he's not good. Um, and and this game just could be just could be awful, right? But if you know the, the the Detroit has a really pathetic defense, so they're 26th in DVOA versus the pass, 29th versus the run. You know, Matt Ryan in theory could get there, right? Like Kyle Pitts uh, could be an easy stack target, although you know Pitts is he did have a good game. Beat, Decent game last week. Still hasn't no shot of ever sniffing the end zone. It seems like with this guy, but um, Cordero Patterson is still a decent weapon. Russell Gage has emerged. His price hasn't really uh, followed suit on Yahoo, so um, he's in play. You know, he's worse play on some of these other sites like Vandal and DraftKings, but I think on Yahoo, he's still very doable. So that's one I can get behind on the value end. Then the main plays, I'll just leave because we're gonna probably like all the same ones, and I'll, I'll let you start it. Yeah, it's another week where we don't have to play value because of all the value at running back that we keep alluding to, right? Fields, I, I, I listed him as well. Uh, Drew Locke, if you want to go, if you want, if you want the min price option, maybe Mac Jones. But again, I'm not really interested in those guys down there. It's for me, it's it's Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, uh, and I guess Josh Allen. And then th- those guys stand out from a projection standpoint. But then I'm guessing, Chris, how do you feel about Stafford Cousins in the highest total Ooh. game? Josh Allen against my Patriots. I'm not again, without 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 Gabe Davis now. I know or Cole Beasley. So I, I don't think I'll play him in my main lineup. I'm just we know his upside, but I think Hertz and Herbert for me are the two main guys. Yep, they look like the two main guys, and then we have a nice little range right next to them. So Herbert definitely I wrote down number one against Houston, tenth uh, against DVOA versus the pass, twenty seven versus the run. But this is definitely a, a matchup that he can excel in. He might use his legs a little more in this one. 
Eckler is not there. His his main uh, run, rushing security blanket that also is there through the pass game for him. So I think that gives a bump up to uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in the passing game. And uh, obviously uh, Jackson is cheap. So uh, a way to, I mean, Jackson catches balls. So you could certainly, at, since Jackson's price so low, I don't mind playing him in uh, in Herbert stacks and, you know, making it a double stack or not. But I think the best way to get different would be to to hope that he doesn't have a big game and, you know, play Mike Williams or Keenan Allen or uh, double stack both of those ones. It's probably not going to be that low owned, but uh, definitely uh, lower owned than a lot of the field um, should be. So um, the other guys from there and Jalen Hurts, I love. I mean, the guy, it's just so easy for if he runs, if they allow him to run, he's going to smash two rushing touchdowns. He should, you know, the, the greatest, the thing is here is that you, what's, what's so shocking to me is Miles Sanders doesn't have a touchdown this season. So they keep running like just, quarterback sneaks and quarterback keepers around the goal line. Like they're literally designing plays for her. And it's so easy when they don't call it. And when they, when they, when they veer off of that, it's like, why don't you just run it with core <laughs> QB sneak? You know what I mean? Right. It looks, it's like so automatic mm-hmm. that, um, I, I see that working again this week. So uh, against the Giants, who are just have mailed it in, have, don't have much to, resistance to offer. Um, besides the fact that the the old uh, New York uh, Philly rivalry going on here, but so you think Philly will be up for this game? They certainly need it for their playoff chances. Um, you know, they did just get the win when they needed it. Um, but uh, Hertz is definitely looks like a solid play. But then we got to talk about Stafford, Mahomes, Brady. That's like that. There's like warts on all these guys. You know, Stafford hasn't had the huge ceiling. He's going to be popular because optimizers are going to jam him with uh, when you when you set a rule to, uh, to you know, play a quarterback with at least one pass catcher. Well, Cooper Cup's going to be jamming into those lineups and it's going to automatically throw Stafford there with them. So the ownership is going to be inflated on Stafford, I think, for what it should be. But um, but still, the upside is there. He's got tremendous weapons. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what – maybe maybe you do Van Jefferson. Maybe you do uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. to get a little different, but you certainly can play him with Cup, obviously. But if you want to get away from that chalk, I recommend some other ways. We can also play the running game on that game. But uh, Mahomes, 37 versus Pitt. Um, it's going to be tough if we don't have uh, Tyreek or Kelsey to feel pretty confident about paying 37 bucks for Mahomes. But Pitt has been atrocious, but but really where they've been bad is against the run. And I, so I think this is going to set up for a Clyde game. Um, but uh, we know that doesn't always work out when things are set up for a Clyde game. But then there's Brady against – so it's Mahomes without his weapons. It's Brady without his weapons. But he is getting Antonio Brown back. Um, they do have Gronk still. And uh, Perryman was is is certainly interesting, and then Ty Johnson. So I think you know we saw how if Brady doesn't have his weapons, he can he absolutely fail. But I feel more comfortable. Like there's definitely he already has that chemistry with Antonio Brown. So people are gonna like say that I think there's gonna be a lot of narratives going around, like at least uh, on uh, on different uh, shows and whatnot. There people are gonna talk about well. You know, coming first game back from COVID, people overestimate it, like like the Miles Gaskin situation, which I got burned. I played a lot of Gaskin last sure. week. Uh, how I missed Duke Johnson, I don't know. Guy hasn't produced in like 10 years of, you know, DFS. But somehow, I mean, it's like I knew the running back on the Miami was going to do well. And uh, I just didn't know it was going to be 
Duke Johnson. Um, anyway, so people may like say, you know, the say there's a huge range of outcomes in Antonio Brown. I don't, I think Antonio Brown is just going to step right in and be just fine. He's got the, he's lived with Brady. They've worked out in the off season. Um, they're friends. He have, they have that little bit of time in new England together as well. So I think he's going to be just fine with Brown and Gronk. I think Ronald Jones. Yes. It's a, it's a dink to the passing game, you know, because Leonard Fournette is pretty good at catching balls, but I think, I think Ronald Jones is, is fine. As long as he doesn't, miss on some pass blocks yeah, I know. which he has a, which is how he fails it's it's been notorious like and then they'll they'll use uh Kishan John is it a is it Keith uh, uh, yeah, Vaughn and now Le'Veon yeah there too. so yeah but I I mean Le'Veon is such dust that I just can't see that I mean I agree but, but here's the thing so like for these quarterbacks right like Mahomes hasn't really gotten there in recent weeks and now is he going to get there with without Tyreek and Kelsey I don't know. And then Brady, no Evans, no, no Godwin. The big difference is right. Like obviously he looked terrible in that primetime game, but when you have a week to prepare, it's much different than when you lose your weapons mid game. So I think they will be fine for sure. They'll, they'll build around a B and Gronk. And the, the key thing with these guys is like, if you stack Brady and Mahomes with these cheaper weapons, cheaper than usual weapons, now you're automatically building different than the rest of the field. And generally when we have these smash running backs, I'm, I'm all for playing a ton of them, but like Justin Jackson could split. Rojo, like you just said, there is the possibility of a benching or fumble or something. And then uh, I think Madison's a, a smash play. But, like, there are ways that these guys fail. And if you play a quarterback with cheaper receivers and load up at expensive running backs or elsewhere, I think it's it's an interesting tournament idea. Um, my last honorable mention I'm going to throw out there is going to be uh, Russ. Uh, I just have a, a got thing to for it. it wouldn't be a yeah. show if he didn't every week. Yeah, Russ and Lockett, right? Like Lockett's my guy with him. He's coming back now. He's overpriced. He's twenty-seven dollars. Um, Lockett is, I believe. Yeah, he's twenty-seven. So, uh, what's Metcalf? Um, Not cheap enough. Uh, he's twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's been a rough season for him, but anyways, uh, I'm gonna look that way myself. Um, I don't know anyone else. You think, I mean, obviously Joe Burrow, we can always do. Yeah, I think the Burrow-Huntley matchup is interesting. So, uh, but again, I mean, because, again, there's not really that many game stacks that that are appealing. So I think there's a merit to a lot of different guys. If you find one that you like and you like the stack, then I think it's certainly okay to play it this week. All right. Um, let's talk, moving on over to wide receiver. Uh, we mentioned the Chalky Cooper Cup. Um, if Tyreek were to go, I would like him in this spot. Um, but you know, I, I'm not sure what to make of him. But Keenan Allen, Mike Williams get bumps up. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a target. Uh, you know, he's constantly uh, just leading the the Steelers in targets. He had a rough game uh, in the last one, but they had a rough game in general. Um, you know, they're they should get a at least be able to be more competitive if Kansas City's without you know all their all their star players. So, you know, maybe big Ben can do something, but Deontay Johnson would be the guy um, there. Uh, Justin Jefferson is just an absolute beast. Um, kind of uh, a little bit of leverage off of the Alexander Madison chalk. If you want to just play it that way, maybe if you want to play Kirk cousins, which we didn't mention to, to Justin Jefferson, I think that's completely viable. Um I'm I'm not gonna play Diggs at 27 because I'm a New England homer and I just uh, I'm, I'm not I'm just gonna watch that game just be a fan not have not not have much DFS exposure to it might go and drive to New Hampshire and put a huge Christmas bonus hey. bet on the on the Patriots but we'll see um, 
uh, I don't know. What are you thinking on out here? Uh, so, so, so for the main plays for me, it was three clear ones for, for me. It was Cup, Jefferson, and Antonio Brown. Um, and then the values, if Tyreek is out, if Kelsey's out, you have Byron Pringle, who's cheap. Mikael Hardman, I guess you could go there as well. Then there are a bunch of like pretty thinner plays. Nico Collins with no Brandon Cooks. Cortland Sutton is somehow the minimum price. Um, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore. Emmanuel Sanders with no Gabe Davis, no uh, uh, no Cole Beasley. He'll, he'll be the clear number two for Buffalo. But I think that the key uh, a point that I want to bring up instead of just listing off all these plays is that uh, we talk about Cup, Jefferson, Antonio Brown, uh, Keenan Allen. Most weeks, at least for me, right, most weeks – outside of game stacks or quarterback stacks, you're limiting yourself generally to one player per team. But I think this way you can certainly open it up to, to multiple, uh, multiple teams where you can have two players from the same team. Like it wouldn't surprise me to see Madison and Jefferson in the winning lineup or AB and Rojo in the winning lineup without their quarterback. So I think just be a little more flexible out there with adding multiple players from the same team, even if you don't include uh, their signal caller. I agree. And it's, it's just a pricing thing, right? So it's like the whole, it's the, the, what we talk about this in NBA all the time. Everyone's like, how many players can I play on, <laughs> Every single on X team? What's the max amount of players I can play on this one? Like there's some set answer. There is never a set answer. It's just pricing, right? It all comes down to, to where, how much they can score off their price tag, right? So obviously we know that Jefferson can have a big game and Alexander Madison can get in the end zone once, have a decent rushing game, and they both get there, right? Yep. Uh, and and it gets even better when you look at Justin Jackson because he's twelve bucks, all right, exactly. at running back. And um, so I agree. I think you got to be a little more flexible this week. Um, you know, sometimes I set rules to not include the, these running backs in there, but uh, I think this week I'll be doing it. Um, I think other other kind of lower owned plays. I think Darnell Mooney. Um, certainly has that has a you know he is the the target monster with uh, a ceiling you know he does have that big play ability um, no matter who's at quarterback with him so uh, I don't mind him for sixteen dollars um, man I'm trying to look here I like I, I like mean, Renfro too I don't think anyone's gonna play Renfro after his down game but the dude was seeing like a ton of targets and he's overpriced right so like I don't yeah. think anyone's gonna play him so I think for tournaments I like it I like him I was. I was just looking there, and I, then I saw the twenty-five, and I was like, "Eh, no, I'm not gonna see that." We've been playing him at like sixteen and, and seventeen dollars, right? No one's gonna want to pay him at twenty-six. Yeah, um, I do like the Denver rushing. Um, rushing. Well, let's uh, finish up by wide receiver, and we'll I'll, we'll go, and I'll lead it off with some uh, Denver running backs. Okay, um, Marquise Brown got peppered with targets by Huntley last week, and then uh, your boy Jacoby Myers. It looks like. Nelson Aguilar is going to be out. He didn't practice again today with his concussion. So uh, that frees up some targets in the past game. Uh, I think it's a pretty safe bet. They passed more than three times this game against Buffalo. So uh, Jacoby Myers uh, had a ton of opportunity in that indie game. I think he can carry it over to the, the Bills game as well. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting because we don't know what Ramondre, if Ramondre is going to be out. Um, right. Hasn't practiced pretty much all week. Um, and then uh, Harrison is hamstring. If, if these guys are good to go, um, I expect them to, to another run heavy game plan, but if they're not, they're going to be forced to pass it. And, you know, and it's exactly. going to have to be J Jacoby Myers. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't try to look for like a, something to catch my eye to talk myself on. Um, it's a rough week, dude. It's, it's a rough yeah. outside of the main plays. I, I kind of like Russell Gage. I think 17 bucks is just fine. It's just, you know, he is what he is. He's, it's kind of the, 
he's like a poor man's Hunter Renfro um, in this situation. But uh, 17 bucks, I can get behind that. But let's uh, let's move on to our running back. This is where all of the interesting plays, or at least the chalk. And so interested to hear your thoughts if we're going to want to just eat it all or uh, take some pivots away. But Alexander Madison leads the way at 16 bucks. Um, we've seen what he's done uh, in games with without uh, Cook. Um, just a really solid backup. And the thing is, is like, they don't really have a better, a good backup for him. So he's always been a good backup for um, Dalvin. And uh, now he's kind of like the, the, the only game in town. Yeah. They still have him. Um, some other, like who, who else is behind them? Uh, in Wongo, or, yeah, the rookie. Is that Boone? Mike Boone? Is he still there or something? Uh, he's over in Denver. They don't know. It's, it's the Madison show <laughs> front and center. I have no clue. Um, anyways, uh, I'm going to be playing Madison. Uh, I'm going to be playing Justin Jackson because he's 12 bucks and looks like going to be the, the man against Houston. Houston is 27th in DVOA versus the run. Uh, I just can't see him failing. I mean, could be pass heavy script, but 12 bucks. I just really can't see him failing. Ronald Jones at 18 is a little more interesting because we've, we've, we've been down this road in the past and he's done something stupid to, you know, they're just any excuse they can find not to give this guy um, more carries or passing game work or to get him off the field. They've done in certain situations. He's an electric running back, I think. I think he's really strong like runner. Um, you know, I've always been pro Ronald Jones. Carolina is a kind of a tougher matchup, but, you know, they're 24th in DVOA versus the run. They've struggled against the run. So he's definitely a good player. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an incredible play this week without their weapons. I, I think you know, we've seen other teams just gash pit over and over by the run. And the thing that stood out to me is, is they're 30th in DVOA versus the run. And I was looking at it, I was like, how the heck did Pitt become 30th in DVOA versus the run? Well, they, they just, you know, Dalvin put a huge game on them. They got, you know, also last week, who did they play last week? Um, Tennessee. And Foreman ran all yeah, over them. Yeah, they just ran all over them. So uh, I think the script is there for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and then, uh, the top, top range, I love James Robinson. Um, he's kind of the one guy I have circled, but I'm interested to hear some of the guys you, you like. I mean, it's, it's those five for me too. It's Alexander Madison, Justin Jackson, Ronald Jones, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards, Elair. And when I, when I, when I noticed that we got the three running backs, the three main running backs that were values, Madison, Jackson, Ronald Jones. And again, this is a little bit more for DraftKings and Fandle because Ronald Jones is priced up at $18 here on Yahoo. But there was a very similar situation earlier in the year when Dearness Johnson was the chalk and then Mark Ingram was kind of the secondary chalk. And then Ramondre Stevenson became uh, a bell cow back, but it was late on Sunday, on Sunday morning. That was the you, easiest freaking yes. play in the world. I didn't play it enough of it. I had I had him and I was like, and I called it. And I remember chatting before with a, like uh, a Pat's friend of mine, and he was like, I would bet my life that he outscores Mark Ingram on today. Like my <laughs> literal crushed. life. Yeah. And he and he did. It was it was obvious. So yeah. So, so I think we'll, I think we'll see Madison end up in that Dearness Johnson ring where he's like 40, 50 percent plus. Uh Justin Jackson probably ends up in that Mark Ingram range where he's 30 to 40 percent. I don't know where Ronald Jones ends up. I don't think anyone's going to be in that 5% range like Stevenson was, but I think there are tiers to this where Madison is definitely the best. Then it's probably Jackson. And then it's these other three guys. So I think it's interesting to see how people are going to play it. Um, to me, it's, uh, you know, play a ton of Madison. I'll play a ton of Jackson and I'll play a ton of all these. I'll, I'll just get a ton of exposure to these five running backs. But the, the question is, do you pivot 
in how many lineups to Najee, Patterson, Montgomery, Barkley, Jacobs, Mixon, Miles Sanders, like all these guys who are clearly worse plays in, in, from a medium projection standpoint, but, you know, they could outscore them given touchdown variance. Yep. Um, the the question I have for you now is on this hiring. So I love James Robinson just because of I, I'm always a, a James Robinson fan. Um, you know, I, I had some big weeks when nobody was on him last season. Um, anyways, uh, he's only twenty six dollars. He's the clear guy. Hyde is out, gone still. You know, um, and uh, you know he got eighteen rushing attempts last week. Got passing work, six targets. So that's pretty damn valuable. Um, if this is all about the matchup, it's the Jets. The Jets are dead last in DOA versus the pass and the run. They're dead last defense, and they're missing like their entire team yeah. uh, with COVID this week. So uh, you know, it, it just seems like they'll just just feed uh, Robinson. He'll have success, and they'll just keep feeding him, right? Like if there's there's really no one to to go be, to go to from there. So I, I think he'll be on the field even in like blowout scenarios, and uh, I think he's going to have a massive game. So it's tough for me to get away from him. Some other guys I think are interesting pivots. I know the workload hasn't been there for Cordero Patterson as of late. You know, especially with the targets, he's not running the routes that he was running before. Um, did get 11 rushing attempts, but I think he can be pretty darn efficient against Detroit in this game. And so I could see him going off. He's overpriced at 27, but that makes it more interesting for GPPs. David Montgomery, it's a tough matchup, um, uh, at least on paper. Um, at Seattle is much more vulnerable through the past, but, you know, he's got monster touch upside. And, you know, he, every week, you know, 18 rushing attempts last week, six targets. Again, that's a, that's a monster workload. There's room for more. He's had 23 carries in the game this season against Detroit um, back in uh, in week four. I've always been pro David Montgomery. I know the general consensus, everyone thinks he's bad and, and stinks. I think he's it's been completely unwarranted. I think it, he's been stuck behind a bad coach and a bad offensive line. And we saw, you know, when they started to get a little bit better, uh, that he started to thrive. The same thing was with uh, – um, I mean, we've seen it over and over again with running backs. Everyone calls them dead, and it's really just the the offensive line. Todd Gurley comes to mind when he, you know, he was the worst running back in the league. Everyone thought then he became the best running back in the league, you know, until his knees came out. It's just it's it's funny how people rank these running backs. But um, how do you feel about Miles Sanders this week? With uh, yeah, it was just about to look. He was just looking at him. So um, he hasn't practiced this week. I guess he's a little dinged up, but I'm not really worried about that. The thing is. is he hasn't had a touchdown, but so I guess there's like two, two thoughts there like touchdown regression has to come for this guy. Right. But I hate that they have all these damn running backs now. Um, you know, and Jordan, like Jordan, I just don't understand why they, they even give Jordan Howard a snap, like why, why he's there, why they brought him back in. But they, they do, they like this guy. They, they did say this to... past, they said this past week because of a shorter week, they gave Jordan Howard most of the second half work. So hopefully, if that's the case, Miles Sanders gets a full workload of touches on Sunday. But again, like you said, like we can't really predict that. And we've seen it every single week play out that way. And he doesn't have a touchdown all season, and Hertz is like an automatic touchdown if they want to run it with him. Then when they get down into the to the goal line, um, yep. and I think they should just keep doing that. So it's tough. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to look at some other guys that I like, but I think oh, the, so I, I, Javante Williams, if he's if he's healthy, I'm, I hate Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, I think the talent is Javante Williams for sure. I think it's so obvious anyone looking. Um, so just 
I think that Denver is going to run this game, run the ball all game, because that's what you do against the, the Raiders. The Raiders' defense has been bad. Their offense hasn't been great. That's what Denver wants to do. They're, they have to hide Drew Locke, who's just, you know, a turnover waiting to happen um, on any play. So, and I think they're going to have, if you're going to have success running the ball over and over against this Raiders team, like they're just going to keep doing it, right? And so, Javante Williams, this could be a, a big spot for him. I guess uh, Melvin Gordon, you, you could say the same thing about, you know, each of these guys. Um, I'll, I'll side with Williams, but, um, that's kind of my play this week, but, and then Sony Michelle is, so I, I, when in this last game, this was, it was it a show? It was an Island game. Oh, it was like the two games late. Right. So I, again, I was behind making my crunch. Right. And I was, (laughs) yeah. So I, I unloaded up and then I realized I didn't even know what I had. Because I had to get it in right the second. I look at my running back exposure, and I got like fifty percent Daryl Henderson, and I'm like, "How the hell did I get that?" Like, God. Sony Michelle is obviously clearly the the running back. So it was like projections. They just loved Henderson. Like nobody yeah. has un, nobody nobody has adjusted the projections for Henderson. And I think the sentiment's still there. And so like you're still seeing these old baselines for Sony Michelle when he's the clear guy now. So. I think it's his job to lose at this point, and they're just going to keep riding it out. And uh, I think he's certainly a way to pivot off of Cooper Cup chalk. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and Michelle's, I think, is clearly the lead guy now. And uh, it, you know, the tea leaves were kind of saying that over the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know, it's played out since since Henderson's return. The last point I'll make, and you did briefly mention earlier, but the Patriots running backs. Keep an eye on that situation with Harris limited, Stevenson questionable with his illness. Maybe it's J.J. Taylor, maybe it's Bolden, but again, there is opportunity there, and if we're looking for a direct pivot, if multiple guys are out or just one's out, then uh, we might have a shot there. I mean, if Harrison's good to go, I'm running with Harrison. He he, he decimated this team when they played um, in, in the cold before he, you know, that's where he injured his hamstring. Yeah. Um, it's Hamstrings are always shaky, but if, if I get the sense that he's good to go this weekend, then – uh, and then I'll, and then I'll cover it. I'll run some Ramondre um, just to just to be safe, you know, to have the the backup there. But I think Harrison uh, Harris could go off this. So my my Homer Patriots take is, you know, I think the loss. So they they played the absolute nut low worst half they could ever play against the Colts, and then they made it a game with some questionable coaching decisions. I thought Belichick should have went for it on fourth down, yeah. you know, and th- things like that, and. Uh, you know, Mac put them in a bad situation where they should have scored right before the end of the half to at least make it more competitive. And he, you know, threw that awful interception right around the goal line. And um, they corrected stuff and they were able to move the ball pretty decently. And I think really what it, this is, is like the whole world, like you should have heard like the, the local media all about doing the imagine. Super Bowl. The super, it's like they, people think this team is great. This team is not great, but they're, yeah. They they're well coached and they they're they're disciplined and they 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 get the job done when they're supposed to get the job done. Now, however, I think that loss is was good for them for coming into this game with this must-win game against the Bills at home. Um, and people also think the Patriots are oh that they're they showed their true colors. They suck. Max sucks. I don't. I think that's all overblown. Now it's back and back the other way. Yeah, that's a I think they're deep. Right? Recency yeah. bias. People look at it and, and they. they want- yeah, exactly. Yep. And their defense is legit, right? And they and they made uncharacteristic penalty uncharacteristic penalties. Like they were they shot themselves in the foot in that game. So I, I expect them to come out really good this week. And uh, I think they're gonna implement a strong run game. So Damien, let's let's make sure we have some Damien if he's good sure. to go. 
All right. Um, you got some more? Or, um, God, no, no, let's go to tight right. end. <laughs> All right, tight end and wrap it up. Um, you got Christmas shopping still left to do? Are you ever a last? Here's my, my advice to anyone, at least for next year, because it'll be too late for them. The best place to go Christmas shopping on like the day before Christmas, if you'd have to, is Costco. You got a Costco membership. You can just go in there and you can, you can find a gift for everybody in your family. Interesting. Judging by the, the yeah. time that you upload your lineups, I got to figure that you still got some shopping left to do. Yeah, last minute. Of course I do. I mean, last minute. Last minute. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just the way I am. Uh, it's the way I'm programmed. But, okay, tight end. Dallas Goddard, monster yeah. performance. Uh, we've been calling for him to you know, have some big games all season long. He's finally showed up these last two weeks. Um, the Giants, another good matchup for him, certainly. 20 bucks looks like a strong play. Mark Andrews, uh, he, if Lamar plays, he's Lamar's number, go-to guy. If uh, Hundley plays, he's definitely Hundley's go-to guy. Uh, I mean, we've seen him now peppered with Hundley in back-to-back weeks. 11 targets, then followed 13 targets. Uh, over 100 yards in each game, at least a touchdown in each game. Two in his last game, broke the slate. was a It was a huge play um, the other day. So, uh, like that, Gronk um, is Brady's go-to guy. You would think uh, it's going to be AB and in, in the Gronk show. So, uh, he's there. That's that's kind of a really strong high end at tight end this week. And then we've got um, a little, you know, Kyle Pitts, who I begrudgingly played last week and it turned out like nine points was fine it worked it, it, you know I, I needed him to like get like over five points and it was a sweat at halftime but like he, <laughs> he got he, there he got Man. there yeah um but uh he's there jared cook maybe on the cheaper end for getting a bounce because of uh um eckler being out you know giving them a, a, a red zone threat you know i mean he's always a red zone threat and it's against houston uh, maybe Dawson Knox seems like someone that could be uh, getting more targets with Gabe Davis out to me. But what, where are you looking? Yeah, so obviously the main three. I think a lot of people are going to go that route, and I can't blame anyone for not going that route with Grant Goddard and, and Mark Andrews. Uh, yeah, Dawson Knox was the next one that stood out to me. He's a little bit cheaper than he has been the last few weeks. It's only 15 bucks, and with no no Beasley, no no Gabe, then that, that certainly helps his target share. Uh I mean, it's rough down there, right? Like Tyler Conklin's 13 bucks in a game where they should pass more. Um, if Kelsey's out, I mean, if you want to play a $10 tight end, if it, that's Blake Bell or, or Noah Gray, whatever. But, dude, I don't know, man. It's rough. I, I, it's those three main guys, right? And then I think the pivots of, of, of you know, maybe Noah Fant, Firemuth, Kyle Pitts, it seems pretty clear that I think like 75% of the ownership is going to be on those top three guys. Oh, and, and I, I forgot my name. My, my boy, Hunter Henry. Oh, he's coming off a huge game. Yeah. And if, if because Bourne's on the COVID list, Aguilar concussion, if it's just a Kobe Myers, which, by the way, that would boost him heavily, then it's a, then Hunter Henry's next in line for targets. So I think that that's not. Henry is their, he, he is their red zone threat. Like, he is their red zone offense through yeah. the, the, the passing game. So I think the touchdown equity is massive there. Bills are a good defense for sure. But, um, I certainly um, think that he can have a have a good game in this spot, and I also like like you said, we both like Knox too. Um, you know, he did have ten targets when they played, and they played a huge run heavy game in that wind game, and so um, he, he he's their offense on uh, from the the passing game, in my opinion. Jacoby Myers has his role, but like you want the touchdowns, Hunter Henry is that guy. Uh, yeah, I don't really I don't really have much else. Like maybe. Um, 
uh, I'm looking at all these names. I'm looking at names like Evan Ingram, Noah Fant. Uh, I don't want. I would say Fant, but um, not not this week. I think they're just going to be running, running, running. Um, yeah, there's Cole Komet would be maybe yeah. Gerald Everett would be a maybe. So I'll, a little bit of exposure on those guys, but like I said last week, just uh, crank up your randomness or range of outcomes and uh, play get a get a little little different at tight end. But we have three. We've got three main main solid pieces. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. All right, uh, what's your what's your stack of the week? Uh, stack of the week is probably I think a lot like you said. Everyone's gonna play Cousins and Cup. I mean, sorry, Stafford and Cup. I like the other side of that game that that should go way overlooked. Cousins and Jefferson, maybe Thielen if he's back, maybe Conklin, but uh, pivoting off off the Madison chalk and and playing the passing game there. And then uh, I think I got to go with the Brady bounce back, where it's, it's Brady, A. B. Gronk. Uh, I mean, it, it seems clear that if if Brady succeeds, it's going to flow through those two guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I love that Brady stack. I'm going to be definitely overweight on that Brady, uh, Brady stack. I'm glad to hear you are on it too. So we're we're, we're aligned. But I am going to go with something new this week, Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett and run it back with Darnell Mooney or uh, or uh, David Rob. I mean, David Montgomery, but probably Mooney because of the price. So I think you can get a lot of upside from Wilson to lock it uh and lock it's overpriced no one wants to play russ and then darnell muni is is a cheap value that goes against some of the other other value here on this i think you can make a good lineup that way but that's what i got for the christmas edition any any last words any last thoughts are you let's, let's get out of here uh let's let's enjoy the two gamer tomorrow and then just try to get different in some way on sunday because everyone's going to play it the same way so just a little bit of differentiation goes a long way call your bookie go Open a DraftKings sports uh, sports bet account if you can. Go to Bavada. Do whatever the hell you got to do. I don't care. But bet all your Christmas bonus money on the Patriots against the Bills this weekend. Unbiased and, uh, take. You heard it here first. So go un- for it. unbiased take. This is all stats numbers. I've been crunching this. This is I've run the uh, the Sims. There you go. On this one, this, I've got uh, about a million simulations in this one, and we're, we got we got uh, extreme value on the Patriots in this spot at home. Hammer them! All right, uh, Brian, have a merry Christmas. Yeah, you, you do too, celebrate buddy. Christmas, right? Yep. You, yep. You too, man. Okay. Yeah, you too. And uh, all of our listeners have a happy holiday, a happy New Year, a merry Christmas. Anything, whatever it is, uh, just be happy. Have have a good time with family and and everything. So. Uh, This has been the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast, week 16, and we are done. Catch you next week. Thanks.